<laughs> Joby, do you want to mention what our original tagline was? Oh. Do you remember it? Finding the gems through the shit, or something like that, right? <laughs> something like that. Something along those lines. They're paraphrasing, but got the general idea. That, that's the gist. <laughs> All right, so Joe, continue your question. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's cool, it's cool. You know, if, if, I mean, you know, if you were actually sorry, you just wouldn't do it, but you know, I, I, <laughs> kidding but um yeah they're, they're, so they're, kim we were gonna say no, <laughs> it's our podcast we can do whatever we want and joe is now muted and we weren't sharing the mic <laughs> this would have been great if we actually were pointing out the video of it all oh my god that but now it's just me. like in the audio of it all it's just an empty space of us laughing again this is why we use social media to our advantage so it's our show after the show or the show before the show whoever the fuck behind the scenes guys behind the scenes this is what i live for behind the scenes of things hooray bts Welcome to Movie Masochist Podcast, where we try to find the fun in painful films. I'm your host, Kim. And I'm Joby. Hello, everyone. Today, we're doing another special thing for the podcast. We have a special guest. Hooray! It's me. Hi, I'm Joe. I will be reviewing this, if you could call it a movie. Um, <laughs> How dare so, you? I like this one. Do you now? Okay. We're gonna get into that. We'll get into this later. Okay. I, I have I have things. Well, the whole thing is that we have plots. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can find me at uh, Daytime Dreamers on Spotify. Well, Daytime Dreamers podcasts, where I do my own little thing with dreams, and on TikTok, also Daytime Dreamers. Or uh, what's that really like? Nice. Amazing. There we go. Because, you know, episode three has to be a twist. Gotta have the three sub. Boom! Nailed it. Rule 34. Rule 34! <laughs> Already starting so quickly on rule yeah. 34. It's been a day. We've had a lot of snow in the Northeast. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, my back my back was not happy about that one. <laughs> my back is still not happy about that one. Oof. It's just, oh man. Short people problems have just... Back pain is very prevalent for I, tall people. I still have to reach for things, so it's just like, yeah. Well, you if you're trying to pick up the, the top of a car, yeah. then yeah, no, then you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. But the lower that you are to the ground, I would think the better for your back. But also, you shouldn't be lifting with your back. Lift with your knees. I flipped it back and forth here and there. Oh, no, Joby. It's fine. I mean, you guys have known me enough to realize I don't always do the best things for myself, ever. Wait, do any you? of us? Do we know you? <laughs> do any of us do anything that's, like, productive for ourselves? Uh... I think that's a discussion for another time and on a different podcast. This one, on the other hand, we are talking about Green Lantern. Yay. The infamous Green Lantern from 2011 starring Ryan Reynolds. Love you, Ryan! <laughs> and honestly, a really big star-studded cast. It is stacked. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're already going to go into my point. <laughs> if you want to just jump right into it, that's completely fine. I mean, do you want to like, talk about your basic feelings about it first, or do you just want to go for it? Let's do basic feelings, but I want to just point out that you're basically saying my point. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> um, Why don't we let our guest start this off. Joe, how did you feel about this movie, considering cool. you also questioned if it was a movie or not? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, the thing is, I wanted to like the movie. I did. I really did. <laughs> there were some parts that 
I was like, okay, cool. But it was really the pacing, man. Like, it was horrible pacing. Like, I can't excuse it. It's because there's, like, one scene he's doing this, then the next scene he's, like, 500 billion light years away doing whatever else, and then the next scene he's back doing something else on her. You know, like, what? Yeah, I mean, that could easily be a bad point in general, because we talked about that in Wonder Woman. It was more so the logistics of how you got from point A to point B this quickly, right? That's always been a problem with a lot of these movies, and this one is a clear violation of those concepts. the problem that it is another DC movie that has pacing problems? Is that a DC trope? So I think, to me, pacing and, like, the logistics are two different things. Like, the one that had the biggest problem pacing was Fantastic Four, where it's just some scenes took way too long other scenes were just completely pointless and then oh hey we're at the end and yet i still don't know what i watched right you know we talked about that last week but in terms of the logistics of those things yeah they violate those things a lot and we are two for two on that violation of natural physics coming into play i guess yeah but uh kim how did you feel about this one i came into the movie thinking that I already was going to hate it, so like, expectations were very low. Okay. Now, while watching the movie, I was already getting, like, frustrated because it's all over the place. Like, I can't tell if it's just the pacing, the plot. I had a lot of questions about how, as, like, a hero, this might go into a detail later, but I'm just like, he just revealed himself in a group of people and then leaves, and then, like, how does no one understand that it's how? Why is the trope that you just cover part of your face and then, like, no one will recognize you otherwise? I don't know, but that's honestly one of my favorite parts of the movie where they call that out. It's, like, my honorable mention Mm -hmm. that Carol basically says, like, I know who you are because of your jawline and I, like, grew up with you. Like, I actually wrote down the entire quote. uh, I've seen you (laughs) naked. What makes you think hiding your cheekbones? I've known you my whole life. I've seen you naked. You think I wouldn't recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, there's always certain movies that make me laugh stupid hard for mm-hmm. stupid reasons. And that was honestly one of them when I first saw it in theaters. But, you know, actually, that was brought up, like, when we were watching the movie. That was brought up, like, the first scene that Ryan Reynolds went Hot Wheels with the helicopter in the party. We were like, how does no one exactly know, like, who he is? It's not like it's all that hard to figure it out, put two and two together. But I guess, you know, it's a lot of chaos. And, and then they explained it, and then they are like, oh. Oh, okay, cool, because the last time I watched this movie was when it was out in theaters, so I've forgotten everything. But yeah, I was like, are we gonna have another Superman thing here? Like, he just puts on the glasses, like, who's this guy? <laughs> I mean, to me, I was just thinking, you almost just died. You see this giant glowing green thing flying around your head, and then a glowing green dude off in the distance. So with all that, I'm like, maybe that's just a lot of stimulus where you're just like, you're not gonna take everything in. Yeah, I feel like kind of like going through the logistics of it, you're going through a traumatizing event. What are you going to remember? (laughs) Probably not a lot. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but did you understand my two hints at this movie? What were your hints again? I said the mask and Hot Wheels. Oh. (laughs) And it makes sense now. (laughs) Okay, so exactly (laughs) what you said were the things that I said previously during the movie when we were watching yep so with <laughs> the mask when he puts it on when he puts on the mask or whatever i went jim carrey did it better it's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah, he did though and it wasn't super horrible like cgi it which is... was another point all right before we get into more the good points, and the bad yes joby i need to hear your thoughts 
past, I remember liking this a lot more when I was younger, and now seeing this from like a critical eye, it's a lot rougher than I thought, to the point where it's kind of like what you guys said, in terms of it kind of flip-flopped back and forth a bunch of times. There's literally a part in this movie, in my notes, and I wish I wrote down exactly when I wrote it down, of the dialogue's not that bad, and then two scenes later, oh, the dialogue is bad. This is really bad. Oh, I wish you actually said where that was. But I'm pretty sure, contextually, I'm like 90% sure I know roughly where it is just for the sake of it's part of one of my good points but again kind of like what you guys said like you really want to like this movie i just kind of do because i already have that suspension of disbelief like i kind of know where the cringy parts are and then certain things just fell flat at some points i feel like i ended up with a lot more questions yeah i have a lot of questions in my bad points actually Oh yeah, no! <laughs> Alright, well, fuck! Another, another overarching bad point, just unanswered things, like, what was with that smoke monster? <laughs> we should totally just do a clip of just, like, the random questions we've had throughout these things. That'd be a yes, good compilation at some point. Yes, we should. Alright. Yes, Sounds good. So, how about this, uh... I think guests should start. And you get a pick. Do you want to start oh, with the yeah, good or yeah. start with the bad? Alright, so because I've already been harping on bad things, let's start with something good. Okay. I did like most of the lead actors and actresses, like like okay. Lively and Ryan Reynolds and Taika. Like a lot of them did do well. Just certain things were forced. I'm sorry. I know this is a bad thing attached to a good thing, but um, honestly, that was my one and only good point. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, liked no. I liked some of the actors in it. The, what they did with what it was was good. Um, yeah, I'll go into the bad stuff um later. So yeah, <laughs> one of you. Two to whichever whomever wants to pick up well considering that yours is kind of like an asterisk slash like sub note to his okay i'll go next go ahead yeah <laughs> okay so in addition i really do want to point out that this cast is stacked like oh, yeah. i am not very aware like what ryan has done up to the point of 2011 but obviously in 2021 we all know he is deadpool and he is just known for that persona so watching it from a 2021 lens very jaded at this point it really is just for the sake of i was i was waiting for him to kind of like dig more into that like kind of asshole like kind of cocky moniker of that he's known for and it was always just like we got glimpses of it and then it's gone we were in the beginning it was him doing the cocky like oh Mm -hmm. yeah i'm hot shit but then you know the whole dc growing up thing and and then he Um, got boring that sucks I don't know if he got boring, but I feel like he was just like, all right, it's my role now. But wait, hold on. Before we get into the characterization, I just want to point out that this cast includes Mark Strong, my absolute favorite from Kingsman, Angela Bassett, Tim Robbins as the dad, Tamara Morrison, who is Boba Fett, um, Michael Clark Duncan, badass, and of course, Peter Sarsgaard. Like, I'm also forgetting, like, other actors, but I'm like, those are the ones that, like, stick out. Yeah, the one other name I have down here is Clancy Brown, who is the voice of Parallax. Yes, okay. Isn't he also, isn't he Mr. Krabs? Yes, he is. (laughs) Mr. Krabs. What a jump. <laughs> oh, also, did you mention Jeffrey Rush in your? Who is list? Jeffrey Rush? Like, who is he as an actor, or who was he in the movie? Both. Jeffrey Rush as an actor, he was Barbosa in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, jeez. And then he was in a bunch of other. I'm pretty sure he was in a version of a uh, Les Mis with Hugh Jackman. Where oh, that's the singing. big one. No, that's the one they are singing. What's the oh. one they don't? I, oh my god, I, I don't know who plays Jean Valjean. Oh well. 
It's fine. But couldn't tell you. He was a fish guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the first, the, the first the, guy the who first he flies with. That yeah. Ron, oh, the that Ron guy. Reynolds, yeah, Hal meets. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But um, yeah, that's my good point. That the whole cast is stacked. My head could not stop thinking. Oh my God, Mark Strong once again. That guy who is once again playing a great mentor character to the protagonist. Up until the point where he's just like, let me put on the yellow ring. <laughs> yep, and this is just a neutral point. I didn't realize how much it plays out like Doctor Strange. I didn't see Doctor Strange, but... Joe, have you seen that movie? Yeah, I have seen the movie. And it does, but in my own opinion, Doctor Strange did it better. Because, um, you know, Marvel. <laughs> oh, absolutely, they did it better. But uh-huh. I'm just saying, giant head as the big bad and about to destroy the world. Yeah. Heroes with abilities that are as strong as the user's will or spirit. Mm-hmm. Really pretty ex-girlfriend who still has a soft spot for the protagonist. Check. And then their former mentor becoming the villain for the next one. Oh my god. Ah, yeah. Well, shit, would you look at that? Joby, I don't know. If, did you ever, did you send me this? Did I send you this? That there are only 36 plot lines ever in the universe? Ooh, I don't oh know. yeah, I I've seen that that uh everything comes from Greek lore or whatever stories. Yeah. And yeah, that there are only thirty six plot lines in storytelling, and no one's ever deviated from it. I opted not to listen to it because I'm just like, let's keep me whimsical. <laughs> but yes, I think that's like an adjacent point to what you're saying is that like yes, these are very similar plots. I am not personally surprised that there is an MCU equivalent because we have been comparing the MCU to DC and I feel like it's just a matter of who executes it better. Yeah, and I love how the last time we just compared Marvel to Marvel, not to show bias, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Can you mention DC without mentioning Marvel? (laughs) I am going to flat out say no. I'm also going to agree and say no, but that's also because it's established. We are MCU fans. Yep. Sorry, everybody. There I'm is a sorry. bias here. <laughs> I mean, look, DC Animation has some amazing stuff. That is actually one part that I haven't gone through yet, but I keep hearing all of their movies are fantastic. Yeah, no, like, the writers for their animated stuff are just amazing. A lot of things that they should do with actual movies, they do in the animated. But the things that they do in, in the real movies... In the live action. Yeah, in the live actions, um, it, it's just like, it confuses the hell out of everybody. It's really bad. It just all falls really short of what we really want. I don't think we're ever gonna get to that point, because it's not on our list but maybe i'm misremembering maybe i'm remembering very clearly but like justice league the animated series was top notch i love that show so like in comparison to that between that and the justice league that came out like a couple years ago i was just so disappointing i'm stunned by like how much i needed not only prior knowledge but also just like i could not suspend my disbelief long enough yeah they just i don't even know what to say about that one we mentioned that in the Fantastic Four words, they have to set up a lot. If you're going to have a superhero movie like this, you have to set up to think that the average person going to this movie doesn't know shit. Right. So you have to start from scratch. And that's why I noticed there's a lot of exposition to Green Lantern that's just, just thrown here and there. In the very beginning with the narration, with like the weird graphics, when they're going through the training sequences, there's more exposition. And then there's more exposition when you're talking to the Guardians. There's a lot getting thrown at you. This might be like 
another honorable mention good part, but I actually wasn't mad when they started like explaining the moment Hal gets his suit and I don't remember his name, Fishman. Tomura, or something like that. Tomura? I'm just gonna think Shigaraki, the more... I know, same. but I'm pretty sure it's Tomura. Is it te- tem- Tamura? Yeah. Tamura? Tamura? Oh wait, or Joe, like that? Yeah. if you Google that, yeah, we only I'm, get... I'm no, 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 no. We only get one Google a piece. Oh. I technically okay. have the page already up. Tomare. It's T-O-M-A-R dash R-E. Tomare. Okay. So Tomura was really freaking close for me just guessing. Very close. All right. Well, Hal's first experience with, or second experience with a Green Lantern, that explanation of just him understanding via the ring kind of just like sped up the process to the point where I was like, all right, it's fine. And then we're also learning along with him. So I'm like not entirely mad versus just them not telling us shit and i just keep thinking about fantastic four in the way that like we were supposed to understand that they forged a friendship via montage yeah i mean you can definitely forge a friendship via montage they just did it shittily yeah that's true but in terms of that quick explanation again a a quick line that's all you need right and they've done that plenty of times in like every like Doctor Who, they do that easily. Where it's like, how can I understand aliens? How can they speak English? Oh no, it's the TARDIS. It has a universal translation system. Mm. Oh, cool. Done. That's it. And I you mean, don't have to keep that, explaining it every other episode. You just do it the one time. Cool. I mean, that's what they did with this. They just like, oh, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, that's yeah. Done. Yeah, that was the point. But yeah, we're good. Same page. Okay. Same page. Okay. Good. The good. ring. Good. Good. All right. Wait. Before we get sidetracked, we're not done with the intro. Or no, we're the good, good points. No, we're, we're done with the intro. We're, we're, we're on the good points. So my good point and i'm surprised y'all didn't say this and thank god because that was really the only other one i had (laughs) and this is a no-brainer there was this really good chemistry between ryan reynolds and blake lively like for obvious reasons i mean they meet on this set this is how the relationship starts yes i yes i have qualms with go for it no i'm I'm down for debating this that's fine you both seem like you want to debate it it's cool (laughs) i before before he gets into his point joby i did not i think it was forced chemistry i don't know what you're talking about yeah no i (laughs) I agreed like that is exactly what i was gonna say everything felt so forced like every scene with them like kind of being together i mean like the bar scene was like sort of like all right like go with the flowy but everything else, it's just like, it felt so forced. Like, when she looked into his eyes, like, towards the end or whatever, I felt like she just had to, like, force herself to go through with it. Like, it was just another day at the job. Like, I wasn't convinced. I mean, I kind of looked at it as when there had to be tension between them, it was a little bit more. But, like, I thought that when they were trying to be cutesy and shit, I thought that was fine. When they were fighting, I believed it. Like, because, you know, the, the whole back and forth thing, I could believe yeah. the anger or whatever. It- it felt like a real conversation yeah. when they were arguing because I feel like I agree that yeah. the tension was there and it made it more believable. But like any other instance of them speaking to each other just felt like I think they played too hard into the will they won't they and then also hammed up for their childhood friends, but also they're not dating or they were dating or like nothing was established. In which honestly, their entire relationship confused the shit out of me up until the very end whereas i kind of understood what they were really because um, i kind of got that right away childhood friends used to date 
no longer dating, but then there's still that kind wait, of Wait, wait, they used to date? Is that what happened? Was it or, established? Or they, or they at least hooked up, one of the two. Here's the thing. We had to ride on context clues for a little too long because you told me in the middle of viewing that you didn't know that they were childhood friends. And yeah. I kind of understood from the conversation, like, in the room after Hal crashes. That's where I kind of got the inkling that they'd known each other for a very long time, potentially childhood friends. And they didn't say it out loud until, like, the middle of the movie. Yeah, it was like super far. And it's like, again, at the party scene, her father, right? was like, you know, you're like part of the family or whatever. I'm like, when did they get so buddy-buddy? How the fuck do they know each other? You see, that was the thing. Like, I knew that they were childhood friends. Ah, yeah, see, I don't know why it just didn't dawn on me, but it didn't. It was part of their conversations also at the very beginning when Hal was really late to the pilot testing of the... When they were doing the saber, dog The saber. Uh... Yes. When he was, like, getting into his suit, I believe there was a conversation where she mentioned like this is really important to my dad so like you had to piece everything together with context clues yes but it shouldn't be that type of movie that you have to piece things together i guess like this isn't memento this isn't you know <laughs> we uh, didn't do a murder mystery this is not knives out yeah. this is not clue it, it, precisely this is a superhero movie where you guys brought it up earlier you should have it so that everyone could be on the same page like longtime fan or just coming into the fandom or someone who hasn't even read yeah, or someone or who was like dragged to this movie yeah exactly mm. and they're like okay Everyone, sure yeah because you know what i honestly never really got into comics when i was younger and like especially not with dc like i, I was never really really into dc I, I was that person that was like interested but didn't get into it but i knew a little bit about it through friends telling me yeah so i was a weird group i was in a oh weird no group. dude i am literally the exact same thing all my knowledge of conflict stuff comes from my friend cody who shout out to cody <laughs> yeah <laughs> shout out to my buddy cody i remember we were playing x-men legends mm -hmm. and then he was like oh you're gonna get a lot of experience if you go and do like the quiz show in this corner and he told me every answer so all my knowledge from that thing for some reason i kind of remember none of it was based on me i have never read a marvel or dc comic book what? What I know of is from the movies and the crap that I look up and the conversations I have with people. Oh That's my god. I know. Are yeah. you saying Oops. that I have more Marvel knowledge than you? I've oh, read absolutely. the comics. I haven't read a single one. Oh, so like if I start talking about like where the MCU is heading, you're like, what are you talking about? I mean, possibly might know a couple things just from random research, but oh. yeah, you definitely could possibly so probably know more than I do. Oh, this is the only time that I feel like I had more knowledge about them. <laughs> wow. I'm shocked. You're welcome. What? That's why that's why I'm jock of the nerds on Instagram because it's like I like being a nerd, but I'm also a dumb jock at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's the Riley and Josie. Woo! Hey. Berta. <laughs> Berta for the boys. For the boys. But, but, I mean, oddly enough, like, what you guys were saying, like, it seemed forced. I didn't get a single inkling of any of that, to be honest. Really? Not even a little? I'm curious of, like, what attracts you to them, or, like, why you like them. When you guys were saying it was forced, I honestly just looked at it, I was like, what? None of this seems weird. It all just felt like a natural conversation, especially when they were, like, flirting and stuff. I'm like, oh, no, because y'all have eyes for each other, so you're just laying that out. Okay, cool. Good on you. I mean, like, agree to disagree. Um, respectfully. I don't know. It, it just felt like it didn't have a natural flow to it. I mean, I get that you say in, to you, in your perspective, you thought everything was all fine and dandy. I was watching it. I'm like, confused. And like, just going back to the confused part, like, the whole will they, won't they is like, eh? I mean, I'm always a sucker for those storylines, too. That also might be my bias. Your bias <laughs> is showing, Derby. <laughs> bias is always showing. Like, Jesus Christ. 
it's fine. I, I saw nothing really off about them. There was a lot of other glaring things that threw me off where that was the least on my radar, you know? Mm, okay. Uh, I mean, fair. There yeah. are bigger issues with the movie. I that feel like that's a great movie. segue. So, Joe, would you like to say what you think is the biggest issue <laughs> or what your favorite issue that you're going to talk our ear off about? So I'm just going to jump straight to the end of the movie, if that's cool with you guys. Yep, have at so, it. <laughs> where the fuck did Parallax come from? They mentioned he made it to the Milky Way. Yes, and that's fine and all, but they showed him traveling through space. One, you don't know how fast he goes, but evidently they go super fast because they <laughs> went from Earth to the sun in like two seconds. Yeah. That's one. Two, like, was it supposed to be a surprise that Hector tried getting Hal's ring, got it, and, like, failed because the ring has to choose you? Okay, I get that. That's fine. But then, like, that's one scene. And then the very next second, parallax, he comes in out of nowhere. Like, no one just knew this. Like, No, they, they he gave the warning. And again, it's not a good thing where you have to piece things together. So essentially, you had the fight between Hector and Hal, where he touches the ring to his head. And then there's that whole thing of Parallax now talking to Hal. It's like, you have the ring that imprisoned me. I am coming for you. So once he saw that, he is darting away from Oa, now to Earth. So my frustration with that line of thinking, though, is that it was really difficult to distinguish in the scene after, what is his name, Peter Skarsgård's character puts the ring on. Because for some reason, I was kind of half expecting that the thing coming into the hangar was whatever the power of the ring was and was going to consume him. It was not clear to me for some reason that that was Parallax coming after Hal. Yeah. So that was my issue with that. I mean, like, I get that Parallax is coming and I know that he is going to arrive, but like, I don't know. Again, my biggest issue with the film is the pacing. I think more so like the travel logistics. Towards the end of the movie of he flies from Earth to Oa, has a whole conversation, flies back and somehow beats Parallax who is already in your galaxy. Yeah. Right. Right. None of that makes sense. So, like, is Parallax that slow, or are you that fast, or both? Hold on. Isn't there a version of them jumping through, like, a wormhole, I guess? Like, don't they show him, like, just speed traveling somehow? I don't remember the wormhole thing. I don't know why my brain said there's a wormhole. Maybe I'm because just... Because <laughs> it was trying to make sense of what the fuck was going yeah, on. Yeah, you're, you're trying to connect the dots, like, a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. My brain needs to find a way to make I it I need the sense. logic! I need the logic my way. Honestly, I understand that he was coming he was on his way but like he's been on his way for how long and then all of a sudden the moment that Hal takes his ring off and gives it to Hector that's the point like how convenient for the plot yeah I thought it was just more of like a timing thing of mm. like there was that whole thing after Hal and Hector fight where Hector goes back to his house he's freaking out in the bed and then Paralyze comes into his brain again saying mm. you need to take the ring so I guess Hector's plan was coming to head at the same time Paralyze was going to come in to take the mm. ring i guess from hector but at the same time hector did have the ring so what were you really trying to do right that's also another question that i'm having where it's like what is the point of hector like he's just engulfed by the yellow power is he a beacon is he space gps for parallax to find hal i think I, that I, was I, a happy accident more than anything 
and that's where the things get a little bit tricky. Mm. Where it's like, so Parallax's, I guess, life force was technically still in Albin Sword, mm. right? And that's how Hector gets injected with it, and he starts morphing and getting these powers and so on and so forth. And then it mm-hmm. takes over him to the point where now he does become a beacon for Parallax. Right. So now the question is, would that have happened without Hector already? If the yellow power was already in Abin Sur, couldn't he have, like honed in on that power like if it's already like in him yeah so that was my question of like if it was an albin sword was that the beacon or did it have to take life in someone else for it to occur all right so that's a didn't, major didn't plot yeah. explain it as uh it had like a symbiotic relationship did they explain that as it i don't remember that or are we talking about marvel again with venom no sorry Doug, <laughs> sorry Toby, i swear to god at the end of the season we have to tally and punish ourselves with how many times that's fine. I'm more curious if in later seasons we're still going to reference Marvel when <laughs> we're not talking about comic books. Yes. Yes. That's a great point. So hopefully it's just because we're talking about comic books and we're talking about Marvel and DC. You can't really have a conversation about one without mentioning the other. I, it's really hard not to. I can't. Honestly, I feel like you could have a conversation about Marvel for hours and not mention DC, but you can't mention mm-hmm. DC without mentioning Marvel for like two minutes. I right. think you can as long as you're not talking about the movies. Right. Yes. No, but that's hard too because yeah. you can't talk about like the mixed Oh no, I've, I've had a full conversation with people like discussing the logistics of Batman. Oh yeah. For a solid hour easy yeah if you're talking about the animated stuff or the cartoons yeah no I, you could definitely go on and on about that but yeah if, if you're starting to bring up the live action movies i don't think it's possible you naturally compare it to marvel it's impossible because they're always going to be in that comparison mode of like we have the mcu doing one thing we have the dc eu doing another thing and clearly there is a right and wrong way to do things and well, clearly they didn't think that this was the right way to do things because this is technically not part of the dceu yeah, but were they already thinking about the DC? I'm... Well, no, they were, weren't they? Because they were thinking of sequels. They were definitely thinking of a sequel. Like, that was one of my neutral points of they were definitely anticipating this being a series. Right. Like, you wouldn't end with Sinestro if you weren't expecting a sequel. I had to look this up for myself to see the downfall of this movie series. Mm-hmm. And yes, they were in talks to do more movies. Like, this was supposed to be a three-movie like trilogy. Arc, but... Okay. Yeah. So because everything's a trilogy, unless you're a young adult novel where you have a trilogy book series but a four part movie. Right. Well, <laughs> that in itself, logistics is because of Harry Potter. We can blame Harry Potter number seven. So in terms of the Green Lantern trilogy, yes, because this movie failed, it was harder for people to convince the execs that they needed another movie. And I believe what had happened was they dropped this series, then they wanted to add another Green Lantern series through like Arrowverse or something. And then it was briefly touched upon for like the bigger DCEU. I actually took these notes down and these are my favorite facts that I learned about this movie that have nothing to do with the actual um, good and bad points. These are like neutral but also fun facts about the movie. Cool. In pre-production times, Bradley Cooper, Ryan Reynolds, Justin Timberlake, and Jared Leto were the producer's top choices for the starring role in July 2009. Okay. I mean, with the first two, that was definitely like similar vibes of Bradley Cooper and Ryan Reynolds. Mm. The other two seemed a little bit more just like, well, we really want these first two, and we're just going to throw random two names out there otherwise. When was The Social Network? I want to say around that time. Cause Maybe my... that's why they were thinking Justin Timberlake. Right, that's why I want to... Or... Put Justin... 
when was Friends with Benefits? Because I remember him in that one more. I thought that was later. I thought that was 2012 to 2013 era. Oh, yeah. So that was this would have already been in pre-production. So, yeah. Oh, actually, then if their top choices was 2009, Facebook was just starting. So it definitely isn't yeah. a social network. So when, when did I know Justin Jared, do it? I don't know. But Jared Leto would have been in Fight Club at that point. I don't know any, any of his other movies at that point. At, in 2009, I only probably knew Jared Leto for 30, 30 seconds of ours. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Same, until someone pointed out that he was in Fight Club, but yes, same. I forgot he was in Fight Club. Also, okay, here's my second fun fact that I had written down from the Wikipedia. In April 2011, it was reported that Warner Brothers raised the visual effects budget by $9 million and hired additional visual effects studios to bolster the ranks of the team that had been working (laughs) overtime to meet the film's June 17 launch. $9 $9 million. $9 million. I'm surprised you didn't say that with the freaking pink tape. I should have, but like... $9 million. Good like, lord. And like, yet, that's what you came up with? Like, maybe this is my bad point? Okay, Jovi, you said this to me in the in the teaser episode. I came in knowing, and I've known that the CGI was bad, but I was not expecting the CGI to be that bad. The mask. The mask. <laughs> the mask. Can I bring up another Marvel point, or should I not? Go, dude, I, we don't care. Bring up as I, many Marvel okay, points as you want. I also have a Marvel <laughs> point, though. I have so, a bad Marvel point. Uh, I, I Interesting. That. Bad um, Marvel point, that's it. Well, I'm an adjacent yeah. Marvel Okay, so, uh, Joe, you first, you called it. I might steal it, but um, Captain America's The First Avenger was made the same year as Green Lantern. I don't exactly remember the CGI was that bad. Do either one of you that remember was, if... That was going to be my point. Yeah, right. <laughs> you and I are on the same thought. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's tough when you compare other movies when things come out, right? So like you oh, have you we did this for Fantastic Four and we yeah. compared twenty fifteen movies. Yeah, so I know there was like a lot of big CGI movies out and then there were certain things that were just rough. I mean, look at twenty twenty. Look at all the technology that we have and yet we looked at Wonder Woman thinking some of the CGI was just bad. The lasso. Yeah, the lasso, the suit. Um, does, running. Yeah, the running. Some of Cheetah's stuff was really rough. And that was twenty twenty. We just had Endgame last year. Like, what did you do? Like, it has to be a studio thing. But is this actually your bad point, or are you still doing your fun fact? I guess it is my bad point. It is my bad point that the CGI is bad. Like, include the fun facts. The fun facts can be bled into this bad point of, I was not anticipating the CGI to be this bad. In addition to, like, what Joe has said with Captain America... I hated Captain America when it first came out. And I'm saying this as, like, a huge Captain America fan now. Like, years down the line. That CGI of putting Chris Evans' head onto another man's body has scarred me to this day, and I absolutely think it's garbage. But was it as bad as CGIing off a mustache? When did they CGI him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, when did they CGI him? Superman. Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, which one was better? Was it Skinny Chris Evans or Green Lantern Ryan Reynolds? Also, Clearly, all right, Chris Evans, I'm, so- I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know. I want to see how critically panned Chris Evans' head on body is versus, like, Ryan Reynolds' entire body. And I honestly don't think it was panned. This is literally the first time I've heard someone really? say like, skinny Chris Evans. I thought they did I... a really good job as that. No. Agreed. 
It was weird, but I thought it was good. I can't stand it. It's that point of Uncanny Valley for me. I also think it's because I know what they did behind the scenes for it. And like knowing the knowledge of it is like bothersome to okay. me. Maybe I'm burdened with the knowledge. If I may, if I may. Still a better animation than uh, Cheetah. Wait, which one was yeah. better animation? Chris Evans or Chris Ryan Evans? Chris Evans. Either. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... The only time oh, I yeah. thought the CGI was okay, and I'm saying okay in terms of like is what this is like the it's passable, <laughs> was when they had like really poorly lit areas. But that's the thing though, because it's poorly lit. Yeah, so like when they had that giant conclave of Green Lantern, those parts weren't all that bad. I mm-hmm. thought that they were okay, and like the lighting was weird, and it was like you had more like shadows here and there, and it worked out well. But then mm-hmm. you literally have the flip side of it the next morning where he puts on the suit in broad daylight, and it's just rough. Yeah. So you're saying you have to just look at it from a distance. <laughs> Pretty much. No, honestly, all the distance shots were fine. All of the close-up shots were oh, really was, bad. It was a wreck. It's horrible. the shot of Ryan just like taking over two-thirds of the screen, and you just see the mask. Mm-hmm. And his eyes are so photoshopped blue or whatever's no, after effects. Photoshop white. Like super. Is it white? Oh, is it white? Is it white or green? When he puts the mask on, it's white. It is white because it's supposed to be kind of like the old school Green Lantern look where it's just supposed yeah, to be like yeah, yeah, mask yeah. and then white over the face. Oh my god. Like, it over the eye part. Yeah. If you see really, really like light blue eyes, it almost looks white. Mm, so. Okay. So yeah, when he takes over two thirds of the shot, and you just see everything CGI over here, and maybe his face too. It was just like, I'm watching this at home. Like, if I was watching this on a movie screen, I don't think I could, like, handle it. Like, watching it at home on my tiny-ass TV, I still complained about it. So I can't imagine this experience for you guys who saw it in theaters. I mean, I don't really remember what the bar was set at at that point. Same. Mm. I mean, we're talking about this is 10 years later now. This would be the 10-year anniversary this year. So mm. that in mind, if you're looking at certain things back then, you know things are going to be rough. It's just like what we were talking about before. When you compare it to other things of that era, of that year, where does it land in the scale of like, this is the best thing I've seen. This is the worst thing. It definitely goes closer to the bottom. Unless mm. it's poorly lit. And then you're like, it's mid-tier-ish. Mm. Low mid-tier. See, I think I'm with you. You mentioned earlier that when you saw the movie originally, I think you said you remember liking it yeah i'm definitely with you on that i think it was actually one of those things of the first time i saw it i was kind of like i don't know how i feel about it and then the more i've watched it over and over again i'm like okay i kind of ignore the parts that i didn't like and then focus on the ones that i did and then it made it better but at the same time if you're picking and choosing what parts of the movie you're going to look at then that's still probably bad. Yeah, but yeah. it's just, uh, sorry, what point were we bringing up again? <laughs> the CGI. Yeah, all right, CGI. I mean, yeah, it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Next! <laughs> well, so what I'm, I'm curious as to how much CGI was done on Temura. Like, oh, wait, how do you pronounce his name? The guy who played Boba Fett. I usually, I only hear his name mentioned as Tem because everyone okay. does nicknames. So Boba Fett and Mark Strong Actually, no, I'm going to give them two nicknames. That's fine. So, Boba Fett and Merlin. I want to (laughs) know. Thank you for remembering. I didn't remember he was Merlin. I want to know, like, if that was all makeup or if that was some CGI. I thought it was makeup. 
I want to say it was for at least those two. Yeah, because there was a clear difference. And In I, quality? It, yeah, because I feel like Mark Strong's face looked like it had actual emotions. And like yeah. the problem with CGI sometimes that I've learned is that if your pores don't move in a specific way or something... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's where... Like... Which is really funny when you think of, oh, hey, a guy with makeup seems like he has less of a mask than CGI. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad point. Yeah, it really is. some of the makeup that they do. <laughs> Have you guys seen that show Face Off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love binging that. It's so much fun. It gets me in that creative mindset to be like, I'm going to work on cosplay right now. Right. Gonna I was going to say. I'm going to fabricate gonna say. all the things. I'm going to do a thing like that guy, and then it's like, you're actually yeah. going to do it. It's like... Okay, not like that I, guy, but I'm gonna do this instead. I actually bought those like plastic pellets that they melt into different things. I bought some of that based off that show. I still have yet to try it. Oh my god. And I really want to now. I love that our cosplay bias comes through. <laughs> Yay, cosplay bias! Marble bias, cosplay bias. We need a third. Rule of threes, mean, we need a third. Rule 34. Um, <laughs> the rule 34 bias but like I guess to bring back the point of like yeah it's our cosplay bias like if that was makeup it's done really well but we can believe them to be I'm gonna say actual people but like actual like things versus yeah. other characters in the movie it's like what is going on like which I, is really why I was so curious as to why they were like okay we're gonna do makeup for these guys but then CGI for a lot of others I mean clearly a lot of those aliens that were Green Lanterns for sure CGI because you ain't putting someone in like a squid bodysuit is just gonna look weird. You say or that, but like, look at Star Wars. I know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, okay, or you're not gonna have someone fly around as a little bee. Right. Is it a bee or a or wasp? A insect. Some, there yeah. was a fish, there was an insect. You're not gonna put some of these people in. Yeah, no, there's suits. a bee drill there. A bee drill was yes. Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot no. about that. Oh, no. <laughs> what universe is. Oh, my God. Now there's a Pokemon that is a. Is a uh... Anyone could become a Green Lantern. Why am I blanking on what a green Pokemon would be? Metapod. Oh, screw it. Metapod. Was Dragon Ball Z in there? Was Piccolo one of the Green Lanterns? Oh, hell yeah. Come on. <laughs> 100%. We, um, we should have a Namekian as a Green Lantern. Wait, wasn't Pseudo-Wudo green? Pseudo-Wudo's no, brown. He had green parts. He's brown and had green. Yeah, green yeah, right, yeah, I'm right, just right. saying Which Metapod. Is... That's it. Metapod is green. Wait, what was that Digimon, uh, the cactus one? He's green. Oh, Palmon. Yeah. <laughs> Palmon into Togemon into Lilymon. <laughs> And then Rosemont. I remember all of it. Let's go! Woo! <laughs> all right, wait. So really quick, you mentioned DBZ, which if I may take over real quick, it reminded me of one of my other points. Why the fuck does Sinestro look a bit like Deborah from DBZ? I'm so glad you said that instead because <laughs> I, I, I no, I was thinking so much worse. Oh, shit. I'm like, why does he look like a pink alien Waluigi? What? <laughs> but yeah, no. A, nah. a shitty Deborah, that sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a shitty, like a skinny Deborah. Yeah, knock off Deborah. Like, I saw him and I just got that vibe, bro. I, I don't I know. Like, is he going <laughs> to. Is he going to spit on someone and turn them into stone? Please stone, make him do like, it. Yo, do oh it, do, do it. it, do it. <laughs> but yo, yeah, no, that was just a thing that I thought. <laughs> nice. Damn, I didn't think of that. That was better than my freaking Waluigi one. I don't know. <laughs> the Waluigi one was funny, though. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so any more CGI things you want to toss out there? I think I'm good, so I'm ready to hear your one bad, Joby. Now I'm, uh, I know I have a bunch of them. I do have a lot of bad, but it's more so like really small points. You could do honorable mentions. All right, so this is going to be my honorable mention. Okay. 
I really kind of hated how, like, flip-floppy everyone was. What do you mean? So, like, the whole, like, kind of, sort of, would they, won't they type thing. Like, at some point, it does get a little bit annoying. I'm like, just, we know you're gonna do it. Just, just do it already. It's fine. Just stop <laughs> you teasing guys, me. You guys are gonna fuck. Just do it. <laughs> like, like, it's not like an episodic series where they built that, like, repertoire. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, this is the movie. Will they, won't they, I feel like it only works in certain scenarios. Yeah. Like, obviously rom-coms because that's just, just their shtick mm-hmm. unless it's hallmark go fuck yourself hallmark um <laughs> i fucking hate hallmark movies. i've, Anyways, I've watched so, all of one hallmark movie because of a certain oh you've, you've seen all of them you have literally <laughs> seen all what, dude, that's all you needed you, you you've seen one you've seen them all joby have you seen the the kfc one that's hallmark the which one the KFC one. That's Hallmark. Oh, what? Ooh, special oh, episode. Special, that, e- that special that episode. Oh, oh no. The one with freaking Martin, uh, Martin yes. Lopez. Yes, yes, that one. I have not, and that's why I don't need to. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh my God. Or Joby, that, like, I need to do a whole season of rom coms. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Oh, I hate rom coms, but I will give you the worst ones, in All my right. opinion. <laughs> Alright, sorry, bringing it back to what we were so, saying. The one thing that I remember the flip-flopping the most, which really fucking annoyed me, was with the Guardians and with Sinestro. It's like, we're gonna beat it with the power of will. See if them all die. My will is broken. Let's use fear. Um, we can't use fear because this guy used fear and that's what started Parallax. But here's the ring, because he wanted it so bad. Like, why? You just yeah. told a story of how this is a bad thing. And yet you had him do the bad thing and make it for him. I, it was like they said the cautionary tale and then it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 fuck it, whatever. Like, I don't think I understood any of his motivations to use that ring. Like, that was actually one of my other points, yeah. Oh, was it? I'm yeah. sorry. No, 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 it's okay. Like, looking at just his character arc in this one film, it was like, I can't tell if he wasn't given enough screen time or there had to have been, like, off-screen character development that doesn't work for a film. Yeah, so that's the problem. It's like, so going into this movie, the only thing I really knew of Sinestro was the fact that he is supposed to be the villain. I didn't know he started as part of the Lantern Corps. Same. I mean, but that is canon. He was part of the Lantern Corps and then takes the Yellow Ring and becomes the Yellow Lantern. Yeah, that, that part I knew. No, that, yeah, that whole thing checks out. Okay. My whole thing was, you should have started him off a lot darker, so his turn would have been sense. a lot more yeah would have been a lot more believable like it was kind of like all right he had motivation to put it on like earlier in the film but then parallax was defeated and then he put it on what was the point of why him? did he do it now yeah right. yeah right there was no point whatsoever like i understand that sinestro is supposed to become a bad guy through these means which is fine but Again, from someone who hasn't read the comics, who isn't really or hadn't been really into those movies or whatever, I, I don't understand why he did that. I mean, like now I'm I'm into yeah, you know, like the whole superhero movies and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're you know I watch all of them, but like still now I watched it yesterday and it's just like why? And then you know he put it on and had an orgasm or whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it was a cock ring instead. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yellow he, cock he, ring he of fear. Pants, yeah, like, <laughs> oh God, that sounds it, it, well. <laughs> Again, in, no, in an airtight fr- suit. <laughs> just that phrase of yellow cochrane of fear decided just, so bad. <laughs> hold on, hold oh on. my god. I just want, because I think Joe I spoke over it. Yeah, hold sorry. on. Just because Joe spoke over it, I'm just going to say it again so you have it for the edit. He has a yellow cochrane of fear. 
Good <laughs> fucking god. I love it. <laughs> I love oh, it. I don't even know. It's rule okay. now. Rule okay. thirty four. Say otherwise. Deborah has a yellow cock ring of fear. <laughs> oh no, I don't. But yeah, so I'm just in agreement with you. Honestly, yeah. I, I don't understand the motivation. There, there it, was no motivation. I I also agree that if it was halfway through the movie, he disappears and like we don't see him for a while. Like instead of agreeing or saving Hal as he goes into the sun, like. I don't get it. Yeah, he clearly didn't actually need to be there. That could have been done with Kilowog and the fish guy, Tomare. Yeah. It could have been done with those two guys. Again, like, it's a matter of, like, who needs to be in certain spaces mm-hmm. to for the story to make sense. So then, like, it just brings me back to, like, Hector, where it's like, did he have to be there? Or is he just making an appearance to satisfy the comic book nerds? I don't know, but he was honestly one of my bad points. Mm. Like, only until he got a little more psychotic that I started liking him. But him being that creepy dude, like, I thought that Dr. Doom or, like, Victor Von Doom had some incel energy. This dude had some incel energy. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Holy crap. He was the incel core. (laughs) Yeah. So the whole thing of, like, you didn't see the connection between Hal and Carol. Like, you didn't understand, like, oh, they were childhood friends, they used to be dating, they were actually all the above. I didn't see the connection between him and Carol. It was kind of like, did yes. she just like smile at you at like a company picnic and now you're infatuated with her? Because that kind of feels like that's the energy you're giving off. Well, he had mentioned, he had said like, I had loved her since the day I saw her. Yeah, that was his uh, evil monologue that, at the end of the at movie. At the end of the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's taking Hal's ring. That's the end of the monologue. And that's when you're finally giving us the information? No, I don't. It's way too late. Uh, well, here's the problem though. This just goes back into there were contextual clues. during the party because like he was clearly uncomfortable when he started talking to Hal and then Carol comes into the picture and he's like Mm -hmm. I gotta get a drink I gotta get out of this situation like that is a clear sign of like him not being the biggest fan of Hal and like him seemingly liking Carol but I do agree with your point that like it was not established how they know each other but again context clues where it's like oh his dad and also Carol's dad they seem to be, like, that's their connection. No, so, like, like, I knew that there was something there also, like, the first time you see Hector, and he's mm. going to answer the door, tosses his glasses down, and then there's a picture of her. Mm. Granted, it's, like, a newspaper. Like, if that newspaper clipping was in a frame, that would have been a little bit more of a red flag of, oh, no, he has a thing for her. Not oh, just I didn't even he was see that. The newspaper. Exactly, yeah. That's so that was, that was a clue earlier. I understood the whole thing at the party, but at the same time, it just didn't play out as well, you know? Mm. It's like, why is she apologizing about his dad when you just made a business deal with the dude? Is that why? Or because you guys were mm. business partners? Like, is that how you know? It? I, I don't get it. To bring up a point you said before, everything was very, like, wishy-washy. Does this go back into the, your, was it your bad point of, like, pacing? Yep. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I mean, like, pacing literally has everything to oh, do yeah. with this movie, and it's I mean, all so I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss this in there, because I want to talk about that pacing, too, where some scenes seem so fast. And yet other scenes seem like they dragged. Yeah. Like his whole training sequence, that was such a quick thing of just like really quick one-liners. Bang, 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 bang. And that apparently also set up the end goal of like, oh, this is how I'm going to beat him. Wait, really? Just that one thing? Like, why did you make this random sun? Like, how is this going to be a lesson? And then what have you? Mm. This brings up two points of mine, if I may. One, how did that sun not suck everything else up when the Green Lantern created it? Because it's the gravity of the sun. Um, If the gravity of the sun was enough to pull parallax into it 
at the end of the movie. Why did nothing else get sucked in when he made the sun in the training montage? Also, who else thought that the training montage was bullshit and Kilowog was like, do I know how to train him or do I know how to train him? I'm like, and dude, you did like three things and like... So he tested him a little bit. It was... And that was another weird thing where I don't know why they did the training montage after they did the flying. Right. Like, I Like you go through all this exposition and they were like, hey, you want to fly? Okay. I Is it like you have to do the first jump to get into everything else? Or like... I mean, baby birds learn to fly by by you like jump doing, or die. right? You learn by doing, and then it's fascinating that like they went with the gag of like, oh, he's gonna immediately fall. What I thought and kind of hoped was gonna happen is that he wasn't gonna immediately understand how to fly, so we can get introduced to like one extra character, and then we can go into the training montage. Or I was thinking like, if they were gonna do like the immediate fall. And then he saves him. Huh, you have spirit. Good to know. And then they fly off together. Right. Like, not him learning right away. Wait for the training montage to learn. But then, like, right. he's being whisked away via like, fish guy's Like, rip. some kind of, like... Yeah. Like... No, like, I mean, all you have to do is just, okay, caught you. Let's go off to the meeting. Yeah, we have to I, talk I, about a thing. And then we'll I talk thought. about how you fly. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. Like, if he wanted to test him real quick, but he knew he was going to do it. But, like, no, it's like, Baby Bird, he jumped and was either uh, fly or die. He, he is a pilot, so maybe he just had it in his soul and his spirit. <laughs> but you know what? I think they kind of explain away a lot of things without a lot of people realizing they explain it. Because they don't make this connection. But Tom Ray said, oh, you access some of the higher functionality mm. of the ring. Because Hal was saying all these things that he shouldn't have known, but he does because the ring told him how. So I think that they were banking on that, banking on people, like, putting that together, but it's, like, such a minor thing that, like, eh. Right, I was gonna bring that up, too, but then it just contrasts what we were saying earlier, that we needed one line to kind of explain everything, but I feel like in the sense of this, it's, like, it happens too fast. I think that, like, in terms of, like, learning everything, it's fun to learn with the character, but also at the same time, this just goes back to pacing. The pacing seems, like, way too all over the place of, like, it's inconsistent that I don't understand which rules we are supposed to be following. Right. And in also, like, in movie rules, it's also, like, again, to your point, why are we doing things out of order? Like, he immediately knows to do one really important thing, and then he doesn't know how to fight. So or he doesn't know how to make, like, a construct or something. Right. Like. And then immediately he knows how to make a construct. Right. Like, how did your will mm -hmm. go from, like, this weird topsy-turvy, like, squiggly thing, then to, now you have this to creating a, uh, He just charges it. Gun. <laughs> That's it. He just charges it. Yeah, so, I mean... Oh, wait, hold on. I had also an adjacent point uh, slash what? question for you. Okay. This is a very minute scene versus the other one, but comparing flying scenes between this and Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this one was better. so much better. Better. So much better. We didn't have a, like what seemed like a five minute long posing session of. Mm. It's like, how's this better? Is it arms back, arms to the side, one arm out, both arms out? We don't know. Yeah, just try, him, and try all yeah. of them. No, this one was definitely better, despite my hiccup of like the whole baby bird of it all. Yeah. Like the ring gives you knowledge. 
but application is another thing. So like, oh, I can oh, spread yeah. out these facts and figures, that's fine. But being able to do these certain things is another story, which is why the whole training montage of him trying to figure out how to do this contract, how to hold this up while I'm being attacked, how to do this and that, and so on and so forth, it would have made a lot more sense to have the flying sequence then, not in the very beginning. A lot of things would have made more sense if you changed it up a little bit in this movie, but, you know... <laughs> it's 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 this movie i mean this was two hours worth of movie where and that's been all the movies so far where it's like take a couple things away add a couple more things between like maybe for your guys sake it's like okay them as kids or like another conversation of like them growing up so that you understand their backstory a little bit more you could have easily done that in the fight that they had in the beginning of the movie where you know blake lively's character just says something like you know we've been friends in childhood i know your bullshit excuses or whatever you know or just like yeah. I kind of thought that How they you did are. that when she was asking about his dad, or like, were you thinking about that? Like, when they were trying to figure out what happened to him during that flight. He's having that PTSD of his dad dying in the crash. And then well, she tries to bring that up. But um, anybody could have known that because... They put it in the news story. They put yeah. it in the news. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point, yeah. And not only that, but like, you know, his dad was a famous pilot, yeah. and he's in the Air Force, so it's like, I would expect people, at least in the Air Force, to know his deal. I have a minute adjacent question yeah. in regards to uh, Hal's dad. It only has to do with that scene where Hal's losing control. If his dad is something that triggers negative memory why did he put it in the plane and also did he lose that photo of his dad forever i think so he probably lost the photo of his dad unless he pulled that with him on the ejection so like me doing a little bit of research beforehand of trying to figure out backstory because again i don't know much of green lantern that is a known thing for hal jordan okay despite his ptsd despite his almost phobia of flying and stuff like that because of what happened to his dad he has that courage to get in the cockpit and go Got it. They could have honestly played that up a little bit, but then I think... They touched it yeah. once and then never revisited it again. Yeah. Like, right. All right, like, yes, PTSD is a very real thing and people need professional help to deal with it. But again, it was forced. It felt forced. Like, what was forced? For me, it was kind of like what happens with Wonder Woman. It fell apart in the third act really, really poorly. Or like, you see a shift in the dialogue where we don't really know what to talk about anymore. So we're going to reference fear a lot and <laughs> not being afraid a lot. And have you say that to three different people? It's like you have this big heart to heart with Blake Lively. And I kind of wish that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought there was a scene where Taika is on the side, just being like, this is a really tender moment between you two. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, we bet, we saw that. Should have, they should have done that. Like, but they didn't. They're having that moment. And I know I pointed this out to you. I'm did. like, Taika's still in the room, so what is the point of him being yeah, in the nothing. room? Like, you actually like, never see him again after that scene. Alright, so if Taika is like Ryan's TJ Miller just going through the scene, like, I expected him to be like, oh, yeah, um, so you guys are doing your thing, I'm like, skedaddle, like, but it just never happened, I'm like... It didn't. I, I could have uh, sworn that there was, like, or that might have been a deleted scene, which is stupid because that should have been there. Things so, are cut given, for time, Joby. Yeah. No, but... <laughs> You already have a two-hour movie. Just toss that 30-second clip in there and have a quick joke right before you're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the third act. Right. That would have been fine. That actually would have been really helpful. Yeah, uh, would have been great. The whole third act was rough. Again, 
I don't know what to do in DC, but <laughs> what is going on with DC falling apart in the third act? I I, I feel like I don't watch enough DC to really compare because like the only other one that's like embedded in my memory is the Superman movie and that movie was rough the entire movie I mean granted one of the movies I know the best is Dark Knight and that's just good across the board so that doesn't count that's not (laughs) DCEU if we're talking about DCEU yeah Aquaman that one actually just feels long. Hmm. Aquaman has just feels really long. But again, I always recommend just watch Shazam. That one's just fun for me. I need to find Honestly, it. Honestly, I love Zachary Levi. As I do I. I did not like Shazam. I really like that one. I mean, that's another Mark Strong movie, so if that helps you, Kim, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I only really like Mark Strong in Kingsman, and we're never going to watch <laughs> Kingsman because that movie is so good. It is amazing. Um, did we get through all the points? I mean, I still, I still have more points if you really want to talk about them. I'm, I'm almost done. I hold on. I, I put my iPad down because I was like, oh, we're not gonna do anymore. <laughs> Joby, to just go back a little bit with your fear speech. I wrote down, Ryan gets so preachy by the third act of the film. Yeah. like Because he grew up because it was the end of the world. But the thing is, you just were spoke to about like conquering your fear, and now you're doing it to everyone else? Right. Where did this come from? His courage like bubbled up to the top of his ego, because that's the only way yeah. that I can justify it. Because the entire time, they were playing him as the guy who only really cared about himself. And I guess the moment he spoke about his fear is the moment that he was like i'm over this i'm powerful i honestly think that the scene that was one of the more annoying ones for me was that last scene with the guardians where sinestro's talking to them and then he goes to this big long rant about like i know you're afraid i am too this isn't that this is what it feels to be human and like i understand he came to oa he's like i need help to save my world he is on his way granted the logistics of if he's already going there why are you flying that way to fly back and you might be too late right Okay, whatever. Also, how did he not bump into Parallax like all along the way? The universe is big. Um, wormholes. <laughs> With that in mind, that whole thing is like I came here to look for help. I feel like that would have been a lot better of a scene. Of I came here for help. I'm not gonna get it. Fine, I'll do this on my own. Instead of asking for permission, he should just gone off and been like, right. I'm gonna fight him on my own, with or and, without you. And then and, ask you, he's like, aren't you afraid? It's like I am afraid, but that's not gonna stop me. And something like that, that would have been just easier and better in my opinion right and then like the very end of the movie there's like voiceover that's like humans may be the young ones of like the green lanterns he's the first human in the core and that's his greatest strength as the green lantern like it builds him up and i'm why did we need this this oh, is something, I said the same thing. Yeah, I like, literally wrote, ending monologue was unnecessary. Like, if this was Green Lantern number three, I would have been like, that's a great throw to Green Lantern number one. But in yeah. the first movie, it does not make sense. Agreed. Completely agreed. Another point, really, really quick. Were we just not going to talk about his transformation, like Angela Bassett's character and the other two guys? Just like, and he just turns around like hideous, like monstrosity, like... <laughs> that was ignored. Yes. Were we just not going to talk about that? Like, what the fuck? I mentioned the makeup, but I didn't mention anything else about that. It was just weird. Like, how do you not think that something's wrong with this guy? And also, in that whole thing of like where he grabs Tim Robbins' face, how did the doctor with the syringe get to him before the security guards? Right. Again, it's just back to like. Those are shitty security guards, man. I would not trust them with my life as a congressman. Yeah, congressman, senator, or something like, I don't know. He's important. Well, he's but, dead now, so. Or... Okay, so did we mention this the last recording of 
like our hierarchy of where these movies have laid. No, we have not. Let's wrap with that right now. Okay, so okay. now that we've seen three movies, and I, we definitely talked about this, where we've ranked them of like Wonder Woman was like a solid six or seven. Fantastic Four was like a three. Right. Where would you land this one? Oh, can we do doubles? I'm feeling like this is like a three. Oh, wait, three. so 2015 was a three. Right. We're not counting 2005. Yeah, we're not doing 2005, even though I still put that around the same ballpark as Wonder Woman. So that's my vote. If we have to count Fantastic Four 2005, I would probably put that at a five. <laughs> like, it's not bad. It's entertaining. But, like, I will not actively seek out to watch this movie. Yeah. If it's on, it's like, oh, okay. Like, rainy Sunday movie. Right. Like, it's the one that will rope you in. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. a really good middle ground. For Green Lantern, like, I would still rank Fantastic Four 2015 a little bit higher than this movie. Oh, I would not. But they're both threes to me for some reason. Okay, so for you, they're threes, but then... I'd... I'd put this at a five. Actually, no, no. If I'm saying 2005 Fantastic Four is a five, actually, no, I'd put that at a six. Okay. This one's a five. Okay. But, Joe, you've seen all three, correct? Uh, yes. All right, so in your rankings, where would you put the three that we've talked about so far? So Wonder Woman 84, 2015 Fantastic Four, and then this movie, Green Lantern. Three. Wait, so what did you say for Wonder Woman? I missed it. Wonder Woman 84, one. Uh, It it, it was just a garbage pile of shit. Wow, you actually like Fantastic Four over Wonder Woman 84. 110%. Interesting. Yeah, you should have had me on for that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I thought Wonder Woman 84 was a heaping pile of dog shit. Riddled with issues. More All so right. than this movie. Yeah, to um, each their own, man. Shit. Okay. But yeah, no, that one, Green Lantern 3, I think is about appropriate. And Fantastic Four, the 2015, I'd give it like a 5. Interesting. I'm surprised that, like, my lowest one is actually your highest so far. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, to gauge, just to gauge what your movie taste is like, what is actually your favorite movie? My favorite? All right, wait, for what genre? Um, First is movie, that... pop in your head. Three, two, one, go. Um, Army of Darkness or, like, um... That's uh, it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, just okay. go with that. Army of Darkness. Yeah. There you go. First one, yeah. pop in your head. Okay. Now that's it. Cool. So, I, I actually haven't seen that one, so can't say Ooh, one thing or another. Love it. Highly suggest it. But um, put that on the list of many movies I have yet to see. <laughs> the Q, the infamous Q. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Q is never ending. But on that note, everyone, thank you for listening to our hot takes on Green Lantern. If you have any hard opinions, if you agree with some of the things we said, if you want to comment on some of the stuff that maybe we missed, find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at MovieMasochist and on Twitter at MovieMasochist with an underscore. So you can fill in the blank for yourself. And on that note, I have been Joby. I'm Kim. I'm Joe. Thank you for having me. And uh, Joe, one more time, where can we find you out in the world? Oh, thank or you. On, uh, on the social medias, at least not in the world, because that would be a little bit too invasive. <laughs> in the interwebs. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on TikTok at What's It's Really Like or Daytime Dreamers, no underscore, no nothing, one word, or on um, Spotify, Daytime Dreamers podcast. Wondrous. And on that note, Keep an eye out on social media for the next teaser, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.